Kelly, former White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, world champion juggler Charles Beecher, The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh, music by Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. Trey Corley of the Music City Connection. I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey, and now here's Mike Huckabee! I'm glad this audience is all revved up. We've had a lot of little things going on backstage, and it's been wild, but it's going to be wonderful out here, and we do have a fantastic audience, and a whole bunch of them are dressed up in their Christmas colors. I'm wearing a Christmas tie myself because it's that time of the season, and look at this set. Our staff has done a magnificent job of decorating this place for Christmas. Do you remember the scene in Godfather when older Corleone brother Fredo got taken out in the little fishing boat and was executed? Well, this week, Chris Cuomo of CNN, who, who has been called Fredo, which is a name he hates, by the way, being labeled a not-so-smart brother, well, he was pretty much put in the little fishing boat by CNN CEO Jeff Zucker and taken out to meet the fish. Yeah. It, uh, it seems that CNN's star anchor had not been telling the truth about how much help he had given to his brother Andrew, who at the time was battling to keep his job as New York governor after he was accused by a crowd of credible women for sexual harassment as well as having lied about his actions in the early days of COVID that resulted in the deaths of some 15,000 elderly New York nursing home residents. Well, the CNN anchor admitted only to having talked to his brother and given him some PR advice. Well, it was a bit more than that, according to email and text records, which were released by the New York Attorney General. And it reflected such a whopper that even very liberal news outlets like The Atlantic and Rolling Stone were calling for him to be fired. Now, that's kind of tough since Cuomo has the highest ratings on the entire channel. <laughs> Not that that's a whole lot to brag about, because <laughs> CNN has lost about 70% of its audience just since January. And on its best night, it has such a pitifully small audience that the only thing that saves them is that it's on in airports and in waiting rooms at the proctologist's <laughs> office. That's basically it. Now, President Biden, he's not having a great week either. Several federal judges have shut down his vaccine mandates from being implemented. And uh, he's having a hard time explaining why he thought President Trump was a xenophobe and a racist for having shut down travel from China when COVID first hit. 
Now Biden has just imposed a travel shutdown of people coming from several African nations. Uh, you know, the only conclusion is that then-candidate Biden really didn't believe President Trump was a racist and a xenophobe, or else President Biden, by his own definition, is in fact both a racist and a xenophobe. It's got to be one or the other. And where are those dimwits from the so-called Lincoln Project who pretended to be better Republicans than those of us who voted for President Trump and who, these folks, they're the ones that supported Joe Biden because they assured us he wouldn't send out any mean tweets. And he was so experienced he would bring the adults back to the White House. Oh, yeah. Well, instead, we got the highest gas prices ever. Grocery up by 20%. And we've had more COVID deaths in 2021 than in all of 2020, despite that we have a vaccine and supposedly a much better understanding of how to treat the disease. Now, the Bible says that pride goeth before a fall. And the fall of some of the most arrogant experts is proof that pride indeed leads to an epic collapse of credibility. Now, be assured, I don't take any pleasure in the mess the country is in. I truly do not. I honestly would be happier if Joe Biden were actually leading the country to continued energy independence, strong and controlled borders, increased pay for workers that they get from their actual work rather than it coming from government subsidies and handouts, and charity and clarity in our foreign policy as it relates to Israel, Iran, China, and Russia. But because it doesn't appear we have strong leadership, my heartbreak is for that single mom out there who pumps $5 of gas into her car. Not because it's all she needs, but because it's all she can afford. I fear for that elderly couple who won't be able to afford their medicine this month because their groceries are taking all they have just to survive. If there is one piece of good news from this week, it's that maybe we won't have Fredo or, uh, well, Chris Cuomo, <laughs> telling us what a great and honest journalist he is. And we now know for sure that CNN stands for the Cesspool News Network. There are very few jobs as tough as being press secretary for President Donald Trump. And trust me, I know, I got a family connection to that job. But my next guest handled that job brilliantly. She's now the co-host of Outnumbered on Fox News. And she's got a brand new book. It's called, For Such a Time as This, My Faith Journey Through the White House and Beyond. It is a genuine pleasure to welcome a young lady whose first job was working for me back at Fox News years ago. I have the greatest respect, and I want you to give her a great big welcome, Kaylee McEnany. You brought your fan club with you out here. I'm so excited about the book. You know, that statement by Esther in the Old Testament, for such a time as this. Yes. 
you kind of felt like that your life was indeed for such a time as this. Yes. Um, look, I think sometimes people will ask me, how do you know God is real? How do you know Christ is real? Uh, the way I know he's real is he's reached out to me. He's spoken to me. And oftentimes it's through duplication. And what I mean by that is I was so nervous to take the job as press secretary. I'm riding up the Eastern corridor because I didn't want to get on a plane. I didn't want the press to see me on a plane yeah. and be like, Kaylee's on a plane during COVID. So we drove all the way from Florida to DC. My husband did uh, in his Ford truck. We're driving <laughs> up and my dad said, Kaylee, maybe you were made for such a time as this. A uh, few weeks later, a Democrat commentator, it was actually Van Jones of CNN, said, Kaylee, maybe you were made for such a time as this. And oftentimes when two people provide you the same message, Christians in particular providing you that message, Christ is trying to say, hey, I want you to hear this message. And he certainly wanted me to hear that. You've had such an interesting series of events in your life. You went from the Fox News Channel went on to law school, you know, you have Georgetown uh, BA and then Harvard Law. Um, you ended up working for CNN as a commentator, where it was basically you and right. Rick Santorum against the world over Eight there. on one. It really was just bizarre. It must have been a challenge, though, to be in such a different environment, but that prepared you for the White House press room, didn't it? There's no doubt about it that being pummeled by eight people at once, the host included, who's a leftist <laughs> at CNN, uh, being pummeled by Jim Acosta minis all through CNN, it prepares you for standing at the podium to be actually pummeled by Jim Acosta <laughs> and others. Were you ever at a point where you were just ready to jump up off the set and say, you folks are crazy, I'm out of here. Did that ever happen? You have a daughter who I'm sure felt the same way I did at times. <laughs> uh, yes, you do get to those moments, but that's where information, like what your daughter, she actually texted me um, before I took to the podium. I was very nervous to go to the podium that day. Look, I had done all the you know academic preparation. I had done all the spiritual preparation. I had read Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your daughter texted me when I was so nervous and she sent me a list of advice, she did such a great job at the podium and she said, most importantly, pray. And she mm. sent me a picture of her Jesus Calling devotional exactly two years prior to the day I took the podium. And her Jesus Calling devotional told me not to worry. I've made you for this moment. I prepared uh. you for this moment. It was something I was meant to hear, but I did worry, even though her devotional said, don't worry. I worried to the point of uh, being in tears before I went to the podium. Um, my assistant came in, you can't be crying right now, Haley. She got my family on speakerphone. We prayed together. I got on my knees in the West Wing bathroom, um, prayed. Um, and then Mike Pence, after right before I went to the podium, did praying hands towards me and said he'd been praying for me. And when I took to the podium, the serenity I had uh, that day came from Christians praying across the country. Mm. Um, and I can tell you the times I wanted to lash out at the press corps, the serenity stopped me from doing so and the prayers meant the world to me. It is so encouraging to hear when you talk about your job, to hear you talk about it in the context of your faith. And I so rejoice in the fact that in your book, you are unapologetic and you're unafraid to connect the career as well as your Christian conviction. So many people want to kind of just keep that backstage. Don't ever tell anybody what you really believe. And Kaylee, this is such a powerful book because it, you don't have to be the press secretary to the president to be able to understand how important it is to take your faith to work with you. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what I did in politics. It's not about what I said at the podium. It's not about even what President Trump achieved for this country, and he achieved a lot of good for this country, and I'm so proud of the job he did. He did. 
you did. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. I'm going to meet my creator. I'm going to see Jesus Christ. And I hope he says, good job, you know, good and faithful servant. And I hope he says that because I want to be vocal about my faith. Because at the end of the day, it's who I've brought to Christ. Uh, they, I, there are many good Christians on the other side of the aisle. And you just kind of have that heartstring that connects the two of you, like Van Jones and myself. He's a Christian. Yeah. He's a man of Christ. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Who have I brought to Christ? Not, you know, what have I done for my country? It's who have I brought to Christ? That's most important at the end of the day. Before I let you go, and I, I really do hope people get your book because it really will give them a perspective about uh, the power of faith in your life and how it can be in theirs. Tell us something we don't know that you learned about Donald Trump working behind the scenes in the White House. I learned, you know, because I didn't know him well. Everyone thinks, you know, I knew him very well before I got there. I didn't. Um, I learned what a family man he was. I, I will never forget the first call he made to me after getting the job. He said, Kaylee, is your daughter going to be okay? Is your husband going to be okay? And I remember I got on Marine One with him. That's where you take off to go on to Air Force One. And um, I, he said, why aren't you with your family tonight? Why are you here? And I said, I'm your press secretary. I'm here. He said, no, why aren't you with your husband, your daughter? I said, well, my husband has a baseball game. He goes, wait, your husband has a baseball game? Like he may be pitching in Major League Baseball? I said, yes. The whole night he asked me, like, why aren't you watching your husband? Like, you should be at that baseball game. And as we're landing on Marine One, he says to me, go to my private dining room my, in my Oval Office, put your feet up and watch your husband. And by the way, never miss one of his games in the future. Send one of the young kids here. And I learned, wow, this man's a family man. He's the real deal. And it was an honor to work for him and an honor to work for you, I've got to say. Well, best boss I've had. Trump was great, but you were, you were the best. Well, you got to say that you're on my show tonight, but I thank you. <laughs> no, I mean it. When I saw you and you were on our staff, I knew then this young lady is one of the smartest, most brilliant, thoughtful young people I've ever known. Thank you. Wherever the top is, she's headed there, and you have proven it to be true again and again. Thank Kaylee, you so great much. to see you. For such a time as this, it's available everywhere on December 7th, so it's not quite out yet. But here's the good news. You can pre-order it right now. What a great Christmas idea. So be sure also to watch Kaylee on Outnumbered on Fox News every day at noon Eastern. Now, you can find out more information about Kaylee. Just go to Huckabee.tv. We have connections to all things Kaylee McEnany. Keith is here for such a show as this because he's going to tell us what we have coming up, and you do not want to miss a thing. Keith? Well, next on Huckabee, Timothy plans Art Alley. Later, ring in the holidays with special Christmas music by Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Stay tuned. Christmas music to kind of get you in the spirit of the season. My friend Art Alley is a financial expert who runs America's top biblically-based mutual fund group. He says that his firm will not invest in any company that funds an immoral agenda that's contrary to what Christians believe. And many Americans, they just don't have any idea how many companies do that very thing. Would you welcome back to the show founder and president of the Timothy Plan, Art Alley. Art, great having you back. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A lot of people just don't understand that Look, when they- Could I just make a comment? Yes, certainly. I'm standing backstage uh-huh. and it hit me, what a contrast between Donald Trump's two press secretaries and the current person we have there now. Yes, indeed. Good observation. Sorry. Well, that's why you're so brilliant looking at financial uh, advice. Right, you right, see right, it right. as it is. But I do think a lot of people, they have money in their investment sure. funds and retirement plans. And, you know, they don't know what those companies really believe in and what they do with their funds. Companies give to Planned Parenthood and they give to things that are antithesis of a Christian conviction. So how can a person even know what's a good investment and what's one that really violates their convictions? That is a question of the century. Um, but even back up before that, most people, and including probably some in the audience, when we talk about investing, their eyes sort of glaze over because that's not the, the deal they're in, yeah. let alone what do they own. Um, and that's where we come in. We do the deep research. We will not own companies that are funding evil. We just won't have them in any of our funds. And uh, that allows... You know, we're in a mess in America today, and, and people keep asking me, what can I do? What can yeah. I do? Well, I'll tell you one thing you can do. You can take the money God's entrusted to you and quit uh, blindly investing it because you really don't understand, and that's not a knock on anybody. You just don't if you're not in the industry. Quit investing in people that want to destroy us. And that is where Timothy Plan comes in because we make sure none of those companies are in any of our 12 mutual funds and six exchange-traded funds now. Now, Art, there are some companies that my guess is 10 years ago, they weren't investing. They weren't putting their funds or their investor funds in evil things. That's right. But they've changed. They've become woke. They've now decided they want to play with the left and be loved by the left. So uh, there's probably a big portion of companies that keep moving that direction. Is that a fair assessment? That is more than a fair assessment, and it is crazy, you don't understand it, why would that? What does wokeness have to do with making caterpillars, tractors, for example, if that's a, or Coca-Cola, they're they're making soft drinks. Why are they in this business? And the answer that we've been able to come up with, there's a lot of pressure on them to do this stuff. You know, we are in a divide in America today, and, and the dark is darker, and the light is attempting to be lighter, but those on our side are generally pretty nice people. We're not vicious. Yeah. I mean, we Hope don't go not. for the juggler, uh, and the other side does. And as a result, these companies are caving in to those kinds of demands. Uh, and unfortunately, um, you know, it is a growing list of companies we will not invest in. So the obvious question, if you invest in companies that don't try to destroy Christian values and uh, really what America is, can you make any money on those companies? Is the return decent? Because that's obviously something of importance. Well, that was the first question when we launched, Timothy, I got from my friends on Wall Street. that They said, you are nuts. <laughs> now, as you well know. Well, that was subtle. Well, Bonnie still says that from time to time. Uh, but I said, what do you mean I'm nuts? They said, you cannot create an investment platform that screens out the largest, most profitable companies and expect to get good investment returns. That was 28 years ago. Hmm. 
My answer then has not changed one iota. If you are a Bible-believing Christian, if you are, obedience trumps performance every single time. But we have proven over these years, you don't have to sacrifice performance, but even if you did, we would, because we know who's in control, and obedience is the key, and that's something we've gotten real careless with Mm. uh, in the body of Christ, unfortunately. It's exciting to hear that there is an option for Christian believers and their investments. And I'm thankful for guys like Art Alley and the work that he's doing through the Timothy plan. I have a feeling some of you say, well, I'd like to learn more about that. Knew you were going to ask, so here's how you can learn more about Art Alley and everything you need to know about the Timothy plan. Go to Huckabee.tv. There is a link straight to Art and the Timothy plan. Speaking of plans, Keith's got a great plan for the rest of the show that he's all aware of. He's just dying to help us find the Christmas spirit and tell us what's coming up. Keith Bilbrey, what's happening? Well, coming up, Mike's news stories to make you laugh out loud. It's In Case You Missed It. Plus, juggler extraordinary Charles Pichon. You're watching Huckabee. Where is the band? They're not here. They've I just have no idea. I don't know. They've never not been here. This is That's crazy. So unlike Let me call band. Trey. I'll try to FaceTime him, see if I can get him. Oh, this ought to be good. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Trey, where yeah, are you, man? Wait, wait, wait. It's good. It's good. God, what's up? What in the what? world are you doing, man? Yeah, you, you were saying about finding the Christmas spirit and everything. We went and found it. We went Christmas caroling. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm thrilled you're Christmas caroling. You got the Christmas spirit. But, hey, dude, we're doing a show right now. We're supposed to be doing, in case you missed it, you're supposed to be doing the music. No, no, no. I, I got it covered. I got it covered. No, no, no. Hey, guys, in case you missed it, everybody, Dan. One, two, three, four. In case you missed it, in case you missed it, in case you missed it, in case you missed it. What, what is that all about? I, I don't think he understands that we are doing a show right now. He's supposed to be here. I know he's supposed to be here, and we're supposed to be doing In Case You Missed It, right? Yeah. I can't play all the instruments. I, well, know. I guess we'll just, have to, we'll just have to go without him right now. Yeah, How's I that? Guess so. Okay. I guess so. All right. Well, while most of us are worrying if Mr. Coffee Pots are going to get to stores by Christmas Eve, the politicians responsible for the supply chain mess they're shopping this year from the Neiman Marcus Christmas book. So here are a few of the famously opulent gifts that Neiman's is offering this year. Just $235,000. Keith, that's a bargain, oh, man. Oh, I got that in my wallet right now. Yeah, well, if you really have that, it'll buy you a luxury ski weekend for six with Lindsey Vaughn in Jackson Hole. How about that? Wow. I tell you what, if I bought that, I'd be in a financial hole at the hole I'd be in. <laughs> oh, this is a great one. For 285 grand, you can get an electric-powered Hummer. Wow. Oh, this is great. Of course, it's electric, so it can only travel up to 15 feet on one charge. <laughs> but if you spend an extra 100 million, you can get your own nuclear power plant to charge up the Hummer. Oh, yeah. It'll go further. Here's one of my favorites. There's a heart-shaped diamond. It's over 30 carats, and it cost over $6 million. Oh, my goodness. 
Can you imagine how much trouble you'd have to be in with your wife to buy her that? Or a rock. You know what they're calling it? The Andrew Cuomo diamond. That's what they're calling that. Yeah. Now, here's something that is a little more in line with my budget. I love this one. Little Debbie has brought back its Christmas tree cake ice cream oh. at select Walmarts. Now we're talking. Yeah, I may not shop at Neiman Marcus, but I only go to select Walmarts. <laughs> <laughs> Little Debbie, that. light at night yeah. after the show. Little Debbie Christmas tree cake ice cream has pound cake frosting and green sprinkles, all <sighs> mixed in vanilla cake flavored ice cream. You're killing me. You're killing me. I think it sounds pretty good. Yeah. And you know what you can do? What? You can wash it down with a bottle of the new gingerbread flavored Mountain Dew. Wow. Now you've got a real Southern Christmas with that combination. I'm talking. Yeah. Also, you got a pretty raging case of diabetes yeah. if you take that. Now, if you'd like to give someone a six pack of gingerbread Mountain Dew for Christmas, what better way to wrap it than in bacon-scented wrapping paper? There you go. You're a big fan I of bacon. I love bacon. Now, sorry, Hormel gave it away only as a promotion item through Black Friday. The paper, however, if there was still some around, had a pattern of bacon strips and is fused with the intoxicating aroma of bacon. <laughs> There's one problem, though. If you use it to wrap a gift to a man, no matter how good it is, he's going to be disappointed that it isn't bacon. That's right. You can't eat it. Of course, the labor shortage has really hit Christmas. There's even a severe shortage of Santa Clauses for department stores and malls. No. There is. I mean, I guess the government even paid Santa to sit home at the North Pole and not work, right? <laughs> anyway, like Santa's elves, it's time for me to bag up this bit and get out of here. But until next time, just remember, we read the news. Next, political commentator and best-selling author, Matt Walsh, plus the extraordinary juggling of Charles Peacher on Huckabee. The Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit be. Christmas tree. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Get out of here! I don't know if you recognize that was William Lee Golden from the Oak Ridge Boys. I guess Trey and his uh, choir went over to William Lee's house to do some Christmas caroling. And I'm with William Lee. If Trey came to my house late at night, I'd throw him out too, just like William Lee did. Well, Matt Walsh is a columnist and he hosts a popular talk show at the Daily Wire. He previously merely identified as a best-selling children's book author, but he has now made the transition official this week because he's got a brand new book. It's called Johnny the Walrus. 
It sold out on Amazon in a few hours, in one day. Would you welcome to the show, Matt Walsh. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, every author I know would love to have a book sell out in six months. You're sold out in less than six hours. There was obviously an appetite for what you were saying, but man, you've been in some trouble lately on Twitter. What's going on? Uh, it's, every day it's always something, you know what I mean? But, it's, but it's, it's depressing in a certain way because I wrote two real books before this one and nobody <laughs> read them. And then I write a board book on cardboard for preschoolers. And, well, it's, uh, it's great uh, though. I mean, it's, I, I mean, Keith could read this and it would only take him a couple of days. He could get through the whole thing. It took me, it took me many, many hours to write that. You know. <laughs> but seriously, the book is a parody. And you said something on Twitter that got you in a lot of trouble. You said that there are two genders, male and female. That's true. That's true. I, I, I have the audacity. I know, it's very offensive. <laughs> I have the audacity to uh, think the same thing about biological sex that every single person on Earth throughout the entire history of human civilization believed up until 12 seconds ago. So my, the only difference is I don't, think, I don't think we discovered anything in the last 12 seconds that changes biological reality. So I'm going I'm to stick with that. And that's, that's what, really what the book is about. I mean, the book is about uh, a little boy who's very imaginative and, and playful. And like, I have four kids and they all have an imagination. Yeah. And he likes to pretend to be different things. And one day he pretends to be a walrus. Why a walrus? Just because it's the funniest animal for this story. <laughs> and, um, and his mother is woke and everything, and she's kind of confused and progressive, and she learns from society that whatever your child identifies as, uh, <laughs> you, that's what he is. You have to take his self-identity seriously. So she endeavors through most of the novel, which I do call it a novel now. Uh, she, just go with it. She, she endeavors to, uh, to raise her child as a walrus, and at one point she brings him to... She brings him to the doctor and they recommend him going through a medical transition to become a walrus. <laughs> it's a very brutal procedure. I don't wanna, I don't wanna spoil the ending, but, but by, <laughs> by the end, uh, she, she thinks she needs to take him to go live at a zoo. And she, 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 meets a, uh, she meets a zookeeper who looks suspiciously like the author. And the zookeeper explains to her that, you know, th that's just a boy with an imagination. He's just playing pretend. So she learns, and it's, it's a great lesson at the end. You know, we're laughing our heads off here in the theater because it sounds so ridiculous, but Matt, that is exactly what's going on out in our culture today, where yeah. people are saying that some six-year-old kid who has an imagination and says, I want to be a soldier, that suddenly we've got to go get him right. an M16. Exactly. So he can be one. Exactly. I, I, of course, the left's very upset about this book. I can't imagine why. <laughs> and can't. Uh, one thing they've accused me of, they said, well, you're, you're just making a mockery of gender ideology. You're making a mockery of it. And I said, yeah, guilty as charged. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> because, yeah. It's, uh, I, I actually think that that's the appropriate response. Of course, I'm, I'm a Christian, as we all are, but the appropriate response to toxic, harmful nonsense that damages kids is, uh, is mockery for one, and, but also to aggressively meet it head on and expose it for what it is. And it is, you know, to, to say that a little boy, a, a five-year-old boy who says I'm a girl actually is a girl, that is just as absurd as saying he's a walrus. I believe that. That's why I wrote the book. I think you're 100% accurate about that. And I... I'm thrilled that you have the guts to go out there and say it because a lot of conservatives, they're just pulling back. They just don't want to take the heat. 
Matt, do you see people kind of waking up to what's going on and, and starting to say, I'm not going to buy into this. I'm not going to let my child go to a school uh, where everybody has to be told what their pronouns are going to be. And uh, uh, boys are going into girls' restrooms and, uh, and after gym class going to the shower with them. People getting fed up yet? I think so. I think so. I, I've, I've gone around, I've, uh, I've been to some of these school board meetings, spoken at some of them, and I've talked to a lot of parents there that are tired of it. And I'll tell you one thing is that they're not all, there's plenty of conservatives, self-identified conservatives, but they're not all. I've talked to a lot of people who say, I've voted Democrat my entire life up until now, but I just don't want these people, you know, telling me what my child should believe because that's what they're doing in schools. They're not just teaching kids A, B, Cs, and one, two, threes. They're saying, we're going to fundamentally shape your child's value system. We're going to decide what sort of person your child's going to be. And I think there are a lot of parents who are tired of that. It doesn't matter if you're left or right. You're just tired of it. I'm, I'm trusting that the book, I know it's sold out real quickly, but more are being printed yeah. and they're back on the market. You can, uh, it is sold out on Amazon right now, but you can go to johnnythewalrus.com and buy, look, buy one and then buy 10 more for all your liberal friends and family members. <laughs> I, I think, it. It, you know, I love that because nothing messes them up quite like having the truth hit them in the face. I, I think it's great. Number one best-selling children's author, Matt Walsh. His book available right now wherever it hasn't been canceled yet. So hurry and get it before it gets canceled. And for more details about Matt or his Daily Wire show, go to Huckabee.tv. There are connections to all things Matt Walsh. Now, Keith identifies as an announcer. So he is going to tell you what we have coming up next. Keith, take it away. Coming up, the amazing talents of Jekler Charles Peachin. Then celebrate the Christmas season with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection on Huckabee. That was pretty cool. Trey and the choir, they're out and uh, went out to T.G. Shepard and Kelly Lang's home. And you know what's amazing? T.G. and Kelly actually opened the door for them. And didn't call the police. I, I'm, the police. I don't even, they're such nice people. I guess that just proves it. Hey, Keith, did yeah. you hear who we have on the show next week? Well, I have not. Who do we have coming on? Oh, you're going to love this. We got oh, yeah. Franklin Graham on the show. We always love having wow. him. And Kathy Lee Gifford is coming back. She's going to be right here in the studio. You know, she's about the nicest person you'll ever meet. She really And is. we have one of American Idol's top contenders, Colton Dixon. He's mm. going to be here too. It is going to be a great show. Now, while I am on the subject of things that we got coming up, we have launched our very own Huckabee merchandise store. You can get uh, Huckabee Show hats, shirts, mugs, and more. And we've got people designing some more great items for the future as well. Now, like this uh, beautiful 
coffee mug. Coffee will taste better in this. And this lovely T-shirt. Keith, you would look lovely in this. Oh, we have different sizes, and we even have different colors, and this lovely Huckabee Show hat. Now, get this, after hunting high and low to make it happen, I'm proud to say that every one of the items in our merchandise store are 100% American-made. Yes. No supply chain issue. They're not sitting in a boat in the Pacific. Just click on the shop button at the top of the Huckabee.tv homepage, and you can find all the items and much more than I've mentioned. You better order quick before everything sells out. You really better. Well, my next guest has taken the art of juggling to a whole new level. A two-time gold medalist and world champion, he's performed on six continents, and he went further on America's Got Talent than any juggler in history. This is going to blow your mind. Please welcome the astounding Charles Peachock. You said they were going to be good, but wow, these guys are hot. Whoa. Well, fantastic, guys. I'm going to show you guys a prop that seems to enjoy immense popularity wherever I perform it at. <laughs> and actually, for this next routine, I'm going to need 10 volunteers to line up in a triangle formation right here. We're going to do this. Actually, I got one, two, rolling away, three. 12-pound bowling balls for combined weight of over 200 pounds. <laughs> Canadian, okay. The tough part about this is getting it started, but on three, here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> I think it's better if I start with my left hand. That doesn't feel right, is it right? 
Okay, guys, this is juggling. This is how it's done. I'm a pro. <laughs> this is stuff I feel like I'm nursing triplets here. Oh, child endangerment. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'll put this bowling ball on my foot, kick it high in the air, start to juggle these three. You guys in the front, if it flies out there, don't worry. <laughs> I got another one. Uh, there's one thing I want everybody to remember. Clap quick, this doesn't last long. It's okay. It's all right, I got lucky. I'm lucky this 12-pounder was pounds per square inch right here, this one. It's okay. <laughs> oh, you sound disappointed there. <laughs> well, I always try and do something a little bit different with juggling. Tonight, I'm gonna add two art forms together, a little music, and some juggling. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the season. It is Christmas. Oh, it feels so good to say that. Christmas, not holiday. Uh, it's Christmas. <laughs> Everywhere I go. <laughs> so, I'm gonna try and do some Christmas songs for you guys. Here we go. some of the most unique stuff I've ever seen, ever. Well, juggling, I think, needs uh, to level up. It needs to kind of come into the new age. I think there's a lot to be done with it, and I still love it with all my heart. It's well, you gave us something to celebrate and enjoy. Charles, thank you for being here. And by the way, I know you're gonna want more information about Charles Peachock, and you can get it by going and seeing more of his amazing juggling. Also, why don't you book him for your corporate event or your community? Uh, they'd have as much fun as we've had here in the studio tonight. You can find all his social media and website links. Go to Huckabee.tv. There's a connection to all things Charles. Keith is doing a pretty good job juggling all the things of the show. We're going to let him continue that right now. Not with bowling balls, though. No, absolutely not. Up next, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection are coming back to the theater to ring in the Christmas season. Don't you dare go away. Jesus. Jesus.
wait, wait. Hey, guys, hey, we're next. We gotta go back. This week, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, featuring Three Oaks Worship, released their latest Christmas single called A Silent Night. For more information, go to Huckabee.tv. But I think I hear the band maybe coming back in right now. So sing along with Trey, Joy to the World.
ocean on that blessed Christmas morn. Get up and down the road, tell it on the mountain, over the hills, you never be Go and tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ.